Part One of Balder Dead. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Balder Dead by Matthew Arnold. Part One. Sending. So, on the floor lay Balder, dead and round lay thickly strewn swords, axes, darts, and spears, which all the gods in sport had idly thrown at Balder, whom no weapon pierced or clove. But in his breast stood fixed the fatal bow of mistletoe, which Loke, the accuser, gave to Hoder, and unwitting Hoder threw. Against that alone had Balder's life no charm, and all the gods and all the heroes came and stood round Balder on the bloody floor weeping and wailing, and Valhalla rang up to its golden roof with sobs and cries, and on the table stood the untasted meats, and in the horns and gold-rimmed skulls the wine. And now would night have fallen and found them yet wailing, but otherwise was Odin's will, and thus the father of the ages spake. Enough of tears, ye gods, enough of wail. Not to lament in was Valhalla made. If any here might weep for Balder's death, I most might weep, his father. Such a son I lose to-day, so bright, so loved a god. But he has met that doom which long ago the Nornies, when his mother bare him, spun, and fate set seal that so his end must be. Balder has met his death, and ye survive. Weep him an hour, but what can grief avail? For ye yourselves, ye gods, shall meet your doom, all ye who hear me and inhabit heaven, and I too, Odin too, the lord of all. But ours we shall not meet when that day comes with women's tears and weak complaining cries. Why should we meet another's portion so? Rather it fits you, having wept your hour, with cold, dry eyes, and hearts composed and stern, To live as erst your daily life in heaven. By me shall vengeance on the murderer, Loke, the foe, the accuser, Whom, though gods we hate, be strictly cared for, In the appointed day. Meanwhile, to-morrow, when the morning dawns, Bring wood to the seashore to Balder's ship, and on the deck build high a funeral pile, and on the top lay Balder's corpse, and put fire to the wood, and send him out to sea, to burn, for that is what the dead desire. So spake the king of gods, and straightway rose and mounted his horse Sleipner, whom he rode, and from the hall of heaven he rode away to Lidskialf, and sate upon his throne, the mount from whence his eye surveys the world. And far from heaven he turned his shining orbs to look on Midgard, and the earth, and men. And on the conjuring laps he bent his gaze, whom antlered reindeer pull over the snow, and on the Finns, the gentlest of mankind, fair men, who live in holes under the ground. Nor did he look once more to Ida's plain, nor toward Valhalla and the sorrowing gods. For well he knew the gods would heed his word, and cease to mourn, and think of Balder's pyre. But in Valhalla all the gods went back from around Balder, 
all the heroes went and left his body stretched upon the floor and on their golden chairs they sate again beside the tables in the hall of heaven and before each the cooks who served them placed new messes of the borsarimner's flesh and the valkyries crowned their horns with mead so they with pent-up hearts and tearless eyes wailing no more in silence ate and drank while twilight fell and sacred night came on but the blind hoder left the feasting gods in odin's hall and went through asgard's streets and past the haven where the gods have moored their ships and through the gate beyond the wall though sightless yet his own mind led the god down to the margin of the roaring sea he came and sadly went along the sand between the waves and black or hanging cliffs where in and out the screaming sea-fowl fly until he came to where a gully breaks through the cliff wall and a fresh stream runs down from the high moors behind and meets the sea there in the glen fensaler stands the house of freya honoured mother of the gods and shows its lighted windows to the main there he went up and passed the open doors and in the hall he found those women old the prophetesses who by right eterne on freya's hearth feed high the sacred fire both night and day and by the inner wall upon her golden chair the mother sate with folded hands revolving things to come to her drew hoder near and spake and said mother a child of bale thou bearest in me for first thou bearest me with blinded eyes sightless and helpless wandering weak in heaven and after that of ignorant witless mind thou bearest me and unforeseeing soul that i alone must take the branch from loke the foe the accuser whom the gods we hate and cast it at the dear loved balder's breast at whom the gods in sport their weapons threw against that alone had balder's life no charm now therefore what to attempt or whither fly for who will bear my hateful sight in heaven can i o mother bring them balder back or for thou knowst the fates and things allowed can i with hela's power a compact strike and make exchange and give my life for his he spoke the mother of the gods replied hoder ill-fated child of bale my son sightless in soul and eye what words are these that one long portioned with his doom of death should change his lot and fill another's life and hela yield to this and let him go on balder death hath laid her hand not thee nor doth she count this life a price for that for many gods in heaven not thou alone would freely die to purchase balder back and wend themselves to hela's gloomy realm for not so gladsome is that life in heaven which gods and heroes lead in feast and fray waiting the darkness of the final times that one should grudge its loss for balder's sake balder the joy so bright so loved a god but fate withstands and laws forbid this way yet in my secret mind one way i know nor do i judge if it shall win or fail 
but much must still be tried which shall but fail and the blind hoder answered her and said what way is this o mother that thou showest is it a matter which a god might try and straight the mother of the gods replied there is a way which leads to Hela's realm untrodden, lonely, far from light and heaven. Who goes that way must take no other horse to ride but Sleipner, Odin's horse, alone. Nor must he choose that common path of gods which every day they come and go in heaven, or the bridge Bifrost, where is Heimdall's watch, past Midgard fortress, down to earth and men, but he must tread a dark untravelled road which branches from the north of heaven and ride nine days nine nights toward the northern ice through valleys deep engulfed with roaring streams and he will reach on the tenth morn a bridge which spans with golden arches geol stream not bifrost but that bridge a damsel keeps who tells the passing troops of dead their way to the low shore of ghosts and hela's realm and she will bid him northward steer his course. Then he will journey through no lighted land, nor see the sun arise, nor see it set, but he must ever watch the northern bear, who from her frozen height with jealous eye confronts the dog and hunter in the south, and is alone not dipped in ocean's stream, and straight he will come down to ocean's strand, ocean, whose watery ring enfolds the world, and on whose marge the ancient giants dwell. But he will reach its unknown northern shore, far, far beyond the outmost giant's home, at the chinked fields of ice, the waste of snow. And he must fare across the dismal ice northward, until he meets a stretching wall, barring his way, and in the wall a grate. But then he must dismount, and on the ice tighten the girths of Sleipner Odin's horse, and make him leap the grate and come within, and he will see stretch round him Hela's realm, the plains of Niflheim, where dwell the dead, and hear the roaring of the streams of hell. And he will see the feeble, shadowy tribes, and Balder sitting crowned, and Hela's throne. Then must he not regard the wailful ghosts, who all will flit like eddying leaves around, but he must straight accost their solemn queen, and pay her homage and entreat with prayers, telling her all that grief they have in heaven for Balder, whom she holds by right below. If haply he may melt her heart with words, and make her yield, and give him Balder back. She spoke, but Hoder answered her, and said, Mother, a dreadful way is this thou show'st, no journey for a sightless god to go and straight the mother of the gods replied therefore thyself thou shalt not go my son but he whom first thou meetest when thou comes to asgard and declares this hidden way shall go and i will be his guide unseen she spoke and on her face let fall the veil and bowed her head and said with folded hands but at the central hearth those women old, who, while the mother spake, had ceased their toil, began again to heap the sacred fire. And Hoder turned and left his mother's house, Fensala, whose lit windows looked to sea. 
and came again down to the roaring waves, and back along the beach to Asgard went, pondering on that which Freya said should be. But night came down, and darkened Asgard's streets. Then from their loathed feast the gods arose, and lighted torches, and took up the corpse of Balder from the floor of Odin's hall, and laid it on a bier, and bare him home through the fast-darkening streets to his own house, Fredablik, on whose columns Balder graved the enchantments that recall the dead to life. For wise he was, and many curious arts, postures of runes and healing herbs he knew. Unhappy! But that art he did not know to keep his own life safe and see the sun. There to his hall the gods brought Balder home, and each bespake him as he laid him down. Would that ourselves, O Balder, we were borne home to our halls with torchlight by our kin, so thou mightst live and still delight the gods. They spake, and each went home to his own house. But there was one, the first of all the gods for speed, and Hermod was his name in heaven. Most fleet he was, but now he went the last, heavy in heart for Balder, to his house, which he and Asgard built him, there to dwell against the harbour by the city wall. Him the blind Hoder met as he came up from the sea, cityward, and knew his step. Nor yet could Hermod see his brother's face, for it grew dark, but Hoder touched his arm, and as a spray of honeysuckle flowers, brushes across a tired traveller's face who shuffles through the deep dew-moistened dust on a May evening in the darkened lanes, and starts him that he thinks a ghost went by, so Hoder brushed by Hermod's side and said, Take Sleipner, Hermod, and set forth with dawn to Hela's kingdom, to ask Balder back, and they shall be thy guides who have the power. He spake and brushed soft by and disappeared. And Hermod gazed into the night and said, Who is it utters through the dark his hest so quickly, and will wait for no reply? The voice was like the unhappy Hoder's voice. Howbeit I will see and do his hest, for there rang note divine in that command. So speaking, the fleet-footed Hermod came home, and lay down to sleep in his own house. And all the gods lay down in their own homes, and Hoder too came home, distraught with grief, loathing to meet at dawn the other gods. And he went in and shut the door, and fixed his sword upright, and fell on it, and died. But from the hill of Lidskalf Odin rose, the throne from which his eye surveys the world and mounted Sleipner, and in darkness rode to Asgard. And the stars came out in heaven high over Asgard to light home the king. But fiercely Odin galloped, moved in heart, and swift to Asgard to the gate he came, and terribly the hoofs of Sleipner rang along the flinty floor of Asgard's streets, and the gods trembled on their golden beds, hearing the wrathful father coming home, for dread. For like a whirlwind Odin came, and to Valhalla's gate he rode, and left Sleipner. And Sleipner went to his own stall, and in Valhalla Odin laid him down. But in Bridablik, Nanna, Balder's wife, came with the goddesses who wrought her will, 
and stood by Balder lying on his bier, and at his head and feet she stationed scalds, who in their lives were famous for their song. These o'er the corpse intoned a plaintive strain, a dirge, and Nana and her train replied. And far into the night they wailed their dirge, but when their souls were satisfied with wail, they went and laid them down, and Nana went into an upper chamber and lay down, and Freya sealed her tired lids with sleep. And twas when night is bordering hard on dawn, when air is chilliest and the stars sunk low, then Balder's spirit through the gloom drew near in garb, in form, in feature as he was alive, and still the rays were round his head, which were his glorious mark in heaven. He stood over against the curtain of the bed and gazed on Nana as she slept and spake. Poor lamb, thou sleepest and forgetst thy woe. Tears stand upon the lashes of thine eyes, tears wet the pillow by thy cheek, but thou, like a young child, hast cried thyself to sleep. Sleep on. I watch thee and am here to aid. Alive I kept not far from thee, dear soul, neither do I neglect thee now, though dead. For with to-morrow's dawn the gods prepare to gather wood and build a funeral pile upon my ship and burn my corpse with fire, that sad sole honour of the dead. And thee they think to burn, and all my choicest wealth with me, for thus ordains the common right. But it shall not be so, but mild, but swift, but painless, shall a stroke from Freya come to cut thy thread of life and free thy soul, and they shall burn thy corpse with mine, not thee. And well I know that by no stroke of death, tardy or swift, wouldst thou be loath to die, so it restored thee, Nana, to my side, whom thou so well hast loved. But I can smooth thy way, and this at least my prayers avail. Yes, and I fain would altogether ward death from thy head, and with the gods in heaven prolong thy life, though not by thee desired. But right bars this, not only thy desire. Yet dreary, Nana, is the life they lead in that dim world in Hela's mouldering realm, and doleful are the ghosts, the troops of dead whom Hela with austere control presides. For of the race of gods is no one there, save me alone and Hela, solemn queen, and all the nobler souls of mortal men on battlefield have met their death, and now feast in Valhalla, in my father's hall. Only the inglorious sort are there below, the old, the cowards, and the weak are there, men spent by sickness or obscure decay. But even there, O oh Nana, we might find some solace in each other's look and speech, wandering together through that gloomy world, and talking of the life we led in heaven while we yet lived among the other gods. He spake and straight his lineaments began to fade. And Nana in her sleep stretched out her arms towards him with a cry, but he mournfully shook his head and disappeared. And as the woodman sees a little smoke hang in the air afield and disappear, so Balder faded in the night away, and Nana on her bed sank back. But then Freya, the mother of the gods, with stroke painless and swift, set free her airy soul, which took on Baldur's track the way below, 
and instantly the sacred morn appeared. End of part one.